Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and entrepreneurs how to monetize and grow their businesses. This is episode 20 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, you are actually going to get just me again today. So I was on a couple weeks ago by myself and I did a training all about working with brands. Today, we're actually going to dive a little bit into challenges and I have my challenge that's there for you to actually sign up and join in on it. I'm going to walk you through though how to create a challenge that is actually aligned to the product that you are looking to present to your audience. So we're going to get right into this. Okay, well, at the time of this recording, I actually had just been at Everything Food Conference, which is a fabulous conference that is put on with food bloggers in mind, but there were a ton of great speakers and just a lot of inspiration. So what I wanted to do today is kind of do a training on how you could actually create a challenge with your product in mind. Now, this product could be something that is digital. It could be a video. It could be an actual physical product. Um, It could be inspirational signs or a a planner, whatever it might be. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of break it down into why it's important and the elements that you're going to need within your challenge so that you can actually implement it and put it in place. Now, the first time I started using challenges was to build my list. I had started JennyMelrose.com back in September of 2016, and I had a list of zero at the time. So what I did is I came up with an opt-in that was really simple. I was great at pitching, so I came up with my pitch perfect, uh, the checklist that we have. It's really quick, simple, and easy. And then what we did is we created a pitch perfect challenge, the 10-day challenge that kind of walked you through how you would be able to reach out to a brand and pitch them to work with them. Now, this is probably what I am most well known for as far as the Jenny Melrose side of things. Once I saw the power of a challenge for my business, the way that it created an audience that not only knew me, but was primed and ready to buy. We implemented it across pretty much any product that I have. So over at the Melrose family, which is where my lifestyle site that I've had for over six years now, create quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. We have implemented multiple challenges over there. So we have an essential oil Um, e-course that is out. So we had a chemical freedom challenge that is an evergreen challenge that is always running. We also have a meal planning ebook over there. So we also have a 10-day meal planning challenge. Everything is aligned so that it makes sense that the next um, decision that you're going to make is to purchase. So that kind of gives you a little bit of information. Now, with my first launch, as probably some of you know, with my Working With Brands e-course that I launched back in October, we did a little over $30,000. So for someone that had zero lists, and I obviously built my list from September to that point when we were finished with the launch to a little over 1,000 subscribers. So it was about 1,000 subscribers in a month. It was largely due to the Pitch Perfect Challenge because people were asking questions. Well, how do I reach out to a brand? What should I be saying? Who am I reaching out to? And I could quickly answer those questions, give a little bit of information, but it didn't give the entirety. So it was easier for me to say, listen, I have this challenge where it actually walks you through who to reach out to and what to say when you do. 
once they understood that it could be something where they were going to actually be able to send a pitch right once they were done with the challenge, everybody pretty much jumped on board. And that's what ends up happening with all of my challenges, with the meal planning challenge. It's the same thing. People want that transformation. So one of the things that we have talked about over on JennyMelrose.com is I have an article that's out about a sales funnel because I think a lot of times when we hear the word sales funnel, we all want to like bang our heads against our laptop because we're assuming that it's this big extensive thing that we have to be able to figure out when in reality it's really really not you want to start when you create your sales funnel you want to start upside down almost so what is the goal it's that product right the purchase that you want to make now normally a lot of people when they think of a product will think of something that's a little bit more expensive it may not be just an ebook for 10 bucks it might be a video training or an e-course so if that's your ultimate goal at like let's say just a price point of $99 for right now for this example if that is your ultimate goal is for them to purchase that e-course $99 then your next piece of that would be up from there is you have to come up with a tripwire. Your tripwire, the purpose of the tripwire is to have customers, well have an audience become customers. You want them to start to feel comfortable handing over their money to you. So a tripwire would be a smaller price product that would be less than $20. It could be an ebook, it could be a simple training, it could be a physical product like you that you may have. Maybe instead of a full planner, it's a goal setting sheet or something of that nature that they would be willing to pay for for a year long um, time, okay? So when you do your tripwire, you want it to be something that, again, that's below $20 and going to give that kind of trust to you. Okay, well, I bought from her once. It's going to be easier to buy from her again. Now, up from that tripwire is where we get into the challenges because in order for people to hand over their money, they have to like you. They honestly need to. And a lot of times that also means that they need to understand why it is that you're selling something. And the only way to really portray that is to get to know them and for allow them the opportunity to get to know you. So a challenge works perfectly to serve that purpose. The tip of your sales funnel where most people are going to come in is going to be your opt-in. Now your opt-in can be a simple freebie. It doesn't have to be something big and huge. Um, I think in the last probably two years, I've seen so many ebooks that are given away that it's actually undervalued. I feel a lot of ebooks. Ebooks have to be so much more extensive now and give a ton of information because people were giving away ebooks as an opt in. When in reality, people come to your site the first time, if they're coming from Pinterest, they just want something simple. They don't want a big, extensive, all these different recipes. They just want something like a checklist where they can know what they need from the grocery store, or they want to know how to half a recipe or the conversions, or if you're a vegan blogger, how they can get their protein. It doesn't have to be so difficult. We need to make this simple so that it's easy to see how people can move in your funnel and become more acquainted with you. You want them to really get to know you. And that's the purpose of that sales funnel. So your customers will first come in on a freebie, on an opt-in a lot of times. Sometimes they'll even come right in from the challenge. You don't necessarily have to have them already in there. Once the challenge, it makes it easier to then offer your first tripwire, which would be, again, that smaller price product. And then after your tripwire, 
becomes your main product, the real reason that you're trying to get them into the challenge. So again, you have to make sure that everything is aligned, that it's a clear path of why they would um, opt in with a freebie of a checklist. So you don't want to give them a freebie that has nothing to do with your course or with your final product because that doesn't make sense for them then to purchase that. So keep everything aligned and make sure that it makes a sense. So now why is all this, why is everyone talking about a challenge, right? Why am I talking about a challenge constantly? I think on my Facebook page, I'm always doing live trainings about challenges and talking about the value of them. Well, it provides a transformation through quality content. They end up seeing you, your audience sees you as an expert because you're able to teach them something. It's going to turn a cold audience, an audience that doesn't really know you very well, might have heard your name, might have read an article, might have seen a pen of yours, to actually get to know you, to feel like when they read your emails, you're a true person. They understand why it is that you're delivering the content that you deliver. It also teaches your audience to open your emails. Let's be honest. We don't have the attention span that we used to. We are constantly bombarded with ads on Facebook and videos on Instagram. Everything is always in our face and we have literally attention span of a gnat. So what ends up happening is when we send emails, people don't often have time to open them. But when you have them sign up for a challenge, it's their way of saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want this transformation to occur for me. So they're going to look for your emails and they're going to open them. Most of my challenges, the open rate is 50% or higher. It is an unbelievable difference from sending out a broadcast to actually doing a sequenced challenge. So it makes a huge difference in what is coming, what is your open rate and how they're opening it. So we talked about too that it also helps your audience decide if they can learn from you. Because let's be honest, not everyone's personality is going to vibe with the way that you're with the way that you learn. That's why in schools today, now again, if you don't know, I am a former teacher. I was a reading specialist in inner city school district for over nine years. And for me, it was important that I understood how all of my kids learned. Some of them were more of a visual learner. Some of them were auditory. I had to have different activities going constantly, which is also part of the reason why I'm so good on Facebook Live when my daughter is home, because I'm used to being interrupted and continuing to teach at the same time multiple times. So when you are doing your challenge, you want to be able to give them a chance to see how you teach. What is it that you, how is it that you talk? Do you talk quickly? Do you talk really slow? Are you high pitched? Sometimes, you know what? Your personality may not match their learning style. There are definitely people that I know I cannot learn from. I am a high-paced individual with a lot of energy. So if someone comes in and they're going to monotone me to death, I'm not going to be able to learn. I just don't have the time or the patience for learning that way. So when you create a challenge, you kind of teach your audience or let them know, hey, this is the way that I teach. Is it going to work for you or not? Now, With that, we've kind of talked about, we've covered why you would want to have a challenge, right? We've given specific elements of what you would, why you would want to do it. So now what you need to do is you need to be able to decide on a challenge. Now there's multiple ways that you can do this. Um, 
More importantly, I think it's to know what your end game is as far as as your product. We've kind of talked about this and covered this. You want to make sure that it's always aligned. It should be the next logical step in a challenge. So if I were to give you an example, my Pitch Perfect Challenge walks them through how to reach out to pitch brands. Well, that's also a module that's covered in my course more extensively. But my course then goes through, okay, you've pitched them, they've come back, and now they've said to you, yes, we want to work with you. Send us a media kit and proposal. And now a lot of bloggers or influencers are kind of like a deer in headlights. What do you mean I got to send a proposal and a media kit? I've never had to do that before because when I've worked in a network, they just look at my numbers. Well, my course gives them all of this information. It gives them examples of proposals. It talks about what are specific elements they need to have in there so that it can convert and end up in a long-term contract. So with that, when you're creating your challenge, you want to show how the next logical step is going to be to purchase your product. So even if we're talking about a meal planning ebook, my that was part of my sales funnel. My challenge was a 10-day meal planning challenge, and I covered pieces of what was in the ebook, not as extensively as it is in the ebook though. And then I showed them how the next logical step was to purchase the ebook that went into greater detail and could really be the what could solidify their need to have meal planning as part of their family and part of what their everyday life became. So you want to make sure that you are covering the product. Now, when you are also doing that is you can also take a look at, a lot of times people will come to me and they'll say, okay, I want to set up a challenge. I'm like, all right, what's your product? And they look at me like, yeah, no. <laughs> they don't have a product yet which is totally fine. There is nothing wrong with not having a product yet. A lot of us start off as hobby bloggers. We are doing this as for fun. And then it turns into, okay, I want to kind of think about monetizing. So it turns from a side hustle. And then we're looking then to turn the side hustle into a full-time profession. So it's okay if you don't have a product yet. But let's start thinking about what could we have as a product. Let's stop working for everybody else and continue to work for yourself and pitch your product. So I want you to take a look at your Google Analytics. What is it showing? What are your readers continually coming to you for? Are they coming for quick and easy meals? Are they coming to you because you are the expert on vegan, how to eat vegan and how to still get your protein in? So go into your analytics, dive deep and take a look. What are they routinely coming to you for? And that could be a possible product. You could be putting together ebook. You could be putting together a video training. Heck, if you have a potty training post that went viral and crazy and continuously brings readers back to you, that might be your product. Maybe you're going to do an ebook all about potty training and how to get it to work for your family or every family that is out there. So you'd make adaptions and you'd be adding to it. You'd be adding in some printables, some things to go along with it that would actually make it more valuable as an ebook. You also um, can take, you want to make sure that you are the expert on it so that you're attracting them to you. Your expertise can very much, it's very likely that your expertise is something that you should be writing about. So now I don't cover a lot of educational things around the Melrose family. I pull it in here and there, but it's not what I kind of talk about a lot. My expertise, though, would definitely be in a re- as a reading specialist, would be on reading activities. But for me, it didn't. That wasn't part of my niche. That wasn't something that I tried to incorporate into my fam, into my 
site. So if there is an expertise that you have, if you are a chef um, and you are a chef that normally does, only does gluten-free recipes or you know how to adapt recipes to be gluten-free, then that's your product. It's right there in front of you. What are you good at? What is your expertise? Okay, so now we've kind of talked about how to decide on a challenge. Let's talk about the elements of a challenge. So it's important that your challenge is sequential. You wanna have the days set up. They could be five, seven, 10, or 30 day challenge, or even longer if you wanted to, or shorter. But you want them to be sequential days. You don't want it to be once a week they're getting an email because people want the transformation to occur immediately. They're gonna lose interest if you separate these days. So make sure it's sequential. Day after day, those emails are coming. You want that mini lesson to be a big part of your challenge. So the way that I set up my challenges, when I write my email, I teach. I give a lesson about what it is that we're going to work on, whether it's meal planning and we're going to clean out our cabinet. I'm going to give them the reasons why they're cleaning out their pantry or their checklist, whatever it might be. You're going to give them that mini lesson though that provides quality content. From there, you're going to give them homework. Yes, we are back in school. We're going to give them homework with a call to action to hold them accountable. And you can do this via email or via closed Facebook group. Closed Facebook groups are huge right now. I love mine. I have one for the Melrose family. I have one for JennyMelrose.com, which you are, if you are not a member of the one for JennyMelrose.com, please search for it. It's Influencer Entrepreneurs with Jenny Melrose, which is also the name of the podcast because we talk about the podcast episodes over there. So you may want to think about creating a closed Facebook group. And the reason that those are working so well right now is because when it's closed, people have to request access. Then once they get access, they will start getting notifications that things are being posted into the group. Whereas before on Facebook, you can post something to your page, but your audience doesn't see it. It gets hidden. You're not hit by the algorithm on Facebook. So incorporating a closed Facebook group into your challenges and into your possible future products is a great idea because you can sell through it. And if you're looking for a resource, Caitlin Batcher is awesome. She has a e-course on fab Facebook groups, tons of information. I'm actually a student of hers and I'm not an affiliate, although I would love to, Caitlin, if you're listening. Um, but you definitely want to think about incorporating a closed Facebook group because it makes that call to action that you're doing in your challenges so much easier. So if they're going to be creating their um, meal plan for the week and you wanted to say to them, this is towards the end, of course, um, come into the Facebook group and share what you're going to be cooking up this week. That's a simple call to action. They come into the Facebook group and then you can get them interacting and engaging with other members of the Facebook group. Um, you also want to make sure that when you are writing your emails, you want to make sure it's written as if you're talking to a friend. So I don't use any graphics in my challenges. I deliver all of my challenges through ConvertKit. I am a huge ConvertKit fan. They make it so simple to see everything, to tag people, to just organize and segment, which is important when you have multiple businesses or your business has multiple products. So that could be something that you'd want to look into. Um, I used to use Mad Mimi and it just was not doing what I needed it to be able to do. And ConvertKit really solved a lot of my problems. So when you're writing these emails, they're coming each day and you're going to make sure that it's written as if you're talking to your best friend and you're going to give them that information that they need in order to quickly be able to go through your challenge and have that transformation. 
You also want to make sure that your subject line is identifiable. So if you're doing a meal planning challenge, simply meal planning challenge day one, you want them to recognize it immediately and keep it continuous so that if it's meal planning day two, or even if you're going to cover what it is that you're going to be talking about that day. So pantry perusal, meal planning challenge day one, whatever it might be, make sure that it's identifiable so that they know when that that email comes into their inbox, that it's something that they absolutely want to open. Okay, so this is the last piece of challenges. When it comes to a challenge, people say, okay, I understand how to go in. I understand the tech side. I've got ConvertKit. I've got my sequences all set up. How do I get people into my challenge, right? I routinely have people asking me this. Well, one of the things that I do is that I actually have it as a content upgrade within my content. So if you go back, I believe it was episode 17 or 18 with Dustin Stout, we talked about um, content upgrades within your content. And all this is, is you have a popular post that your challenge would fit nicely into. And you just create an image where it's clickable. And then once they click on it, it would put them so that they could put in their information to sign up for the challenge with your email, with their email. So you want to put that within your most popular content. Another great way to do it is to promote within closed Facebook groups. Now, I am not telling you to go in and be spammy. I don't want you to go in and be like, hey, I've got this great challenge. Everybody join into my challenge. You know you want to. No, 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 no. You want to go into a closed Facebook group and look for questions that are being asked that you could answer and show that you are an expert. And then once you answer their question, offer up your challenge as additional resources, more information. Now, definitely make sure that you check the rules before you start going into closed Facebook groups and doing this. Some closed Facebook groups do not allow links at all, whether it's in the comments, wherever it might be. For me personally, If you come into any of my closed Facebook groups and you leave a link in the first post, you are getting booted out of the group and deleted because the rules are very clear that you don't put it in a post. But I allow it in the comments because I feel that we as influencers and bloggers provide great information and have additional resources that can aid our audiences and aid people within our groups. So find those groups that allow links and comments and be able to offer that as an upgrade for them. You also want to invite your audience that you already have into the challenge. So you can do it via social media or you can send them an email. ConvertKit makes it actually really simple. They wouldn't have to enter their email address twice. They could literally just click on a link and it's going to put them into the challenge. So you definitely want to look into all of these different options that you can have. The last one is to use Pinterest. If you get a ton of traffic like I do from Pinterest, then you want to create a pinnable graphic that will bring them to a landing page where they can actually sign up for your challenge. So make sure you're still using the normal traffic sites, social media that brings traffic to your site. You don't want to change things and do things differently. That's Those are definitely my best suggestions for how to promote your challenge. And then once you have your challenge, you are getting ready to be able to launch that product and be able to have new customers that are coming on and wanting to be part of it. So I hope this challenge was, this content was really, really helpful. I do have a challenge builder that will actually walk you through creating your own challenge for your product. 
Because what wouldn't be an episode without a challenge to build a challenge, right? All right, guys. Thank you all so much for taking the time to join in with me today. If you are not part of our Influencer Entrepreneurs Facebook group, please feel free to um, request access. You can find it on JennyMelrose.com over off in the top right corner, you'll see a button for community. You can push that button and you will be requesting access to come into the Facebook group. We love having new members because we do continue the conversations from the podcast over in that group. Also, please subscribe to the podcast. Anytime a new episode gets aired, we want to make sure that you're one of the first ones to listen to it. And I am super excited to announce that this week we will be opening Sequence to Launch back up. So if you have any questions about the Sequence to Launch e-course that Becky Mansfield and I have put together, make sure you listen to episode two of the Influencer Entrepreneurs podcast, where I did an entire interview on um, with Becky about launching a product and how it can really make such a huge difference to your business. All right, guys, until next time. <music>